Grace, mercy, and peace be and abide with each of you in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, the one who has loved us unconditionally and continues to do so, and the one whom we offer ourselves and our love to in response. Paul has some very powerful words for us today and some challenging words for us today as well. These words call us to understand that whatever we do, do it all for the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ. And it aligns very well, and it's appropriate that they be read and considered together with Jesus' teaching on the greatest commandment and the second greatest commandment of love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind. With all. And love your neighbor as yourselves. Whatever you do. Luther uh, is known for at times being a little crass, uh, whether it maybe was sitting around uh, the table and having conversation. And I wonder sometimes who was there recording these things, but... You know, there were those who made note of what he would say. But he would say, whether you are mopping a floor, cleaning a latrine, making a pie, or changing a diaper, whatever you do, do it all for the glory of the Lord. And indeed, that is a, a calling and a responsibility and a privilege that each and every one of us have still today. All of us here at one time or the other, you know, uh, find ourselves in a restaurant having food. It may be fast food, it may be a sit-down dinner, but the reality is this. That waitress who brings you your food and takes your order, that chef or that cook in the, the kitchen who prepares and cooks that food, the wholesaler who distributes that food, the you know, processing plant who packages it, or the farmer who grows it, every single one of them is being used by the Lord. Luther once said that in our Christian vocations, we are literally wearing the mask of God. The mask of God. And that's a powerful thing for us to remember because when we are called to love our neighbor, it's not just James Rocky trying to be a nice guy and you know, maybe help out a little bit, a neighbor in need in some regard. But the reality is, if Christ is in me, if he is alive and working in me, it's not just me who's doing this, it is God himself. When we reach out, and we encourage, and we support, and we help those who are in need. One of uh, Luther's great teachings, and I think some of these were kind of coming to my mind as next week we are observing and again remembering the Reformation, and often we try to maybe end up 
limiting it or focusing in on, you know, it is by grace alone, through faith alone, that we are saved. And that certainly is the core and the heart of what we learn and what we receive through the Reformation. But there was much more that we as uh, recipients of the work of the Reformers continue to receive and should celebrate today. And one of them was Luther and the Reformers' teaching on that of Christian vocation. And when you and I hear in our English language that word of vocation, we begin to think of, well, okay, your job, pastor, is a, a pastor. And before you were a pastor, you were a claims manager, or you're a teacher, or you're, you know, uh, a writer, or you're, you know, a laborer, or you're an engineer, or a professor, or whatever it is. But no. Those will be included, but they're not limited to that. It's recognizing that in every station, as Luther would use that term, in every station and place of life, that is our place of vocation, where we live out our vocation as a follower, as a Christian. It's a husband, a dad, a son, a neighbor, a citizen an employee, an employer. And the list goes on and the list goes on. A student. You keep going, but every one of these are part of the vocation to which we should acknowledge and recognize that our faith is meant to be integrated into these various vocations, these stations of life that God has given us. Again, Luther says that in our vocations, these are masks of God. On the surface, we see the ordinary human face. A mother, a teacher, a, a civil servant, a doctor, the waitress. But beneath the appearance, God is ministering through those various roles. God is hidden in our human vocations. The purpose of vocation, according to Luther, is to love and to serve one's neighbor. The scripture says that we are to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and to love our neighbors as ourselves. Our relationship with God is indeed based solely on His grace and His initiative, what He has done for us in and through Christ. But with our neighbors, those, our relationship with them does involve works. As Luther once said, God does not need our good works, but our neighbor does. God doesn't need your good works. Your neighbor does. When we consider the fact that we indeed are vessels that God has chosen to work in and through as his hands, as his voice, as his vessels of being truly God to them, it's very profound. And it helps us understand the calling that God has put upon us. 
Many people during Luther's day were trying to base their salvation upon what they did, their good works. But he would say, who are you helping by those? A work that is truly good, he would say, is actually a benef- has to actually benefit one's neighbor. And so we would do well to echo the lawyer who asked Jesus in Luke chapter 10, who is my neighbor? In the vocation of marriage, the husband is to serve and to love his wife. The wife is to love and serve her husband. Parents are to love and serve their children, and children are to love and serve their parents. On the job, the neighbor being loved and served may be the boss, one's employees or co-workers, the customer. In our vocation as a citizen, our neighbors to whom we are to love and serve are our fellow citizens in need. But the truth is, as I lay these out, you and I also realize that we often sin in regards to fulfilling our call in our Christian vocations. Because we see it. God did not call parents to abuse or neglect their children, but to love and to care for them. God did not call those in the medical profession to bring about harm, but instead to bring healing. God did not call businessmen to cheat their customers, but to provide for their needs. Government officials were not called to oppress citizens, but to protect them. With that in mind, we must examine our own lives in light of the Ten Commandments and to truly look beyond the surface and to see whether or not we are indeed being faithful in every aspect of every one of the commandments. Yes, we often sin, but God continues to work in and through us despite our shortcomings, despite our failures when it comes to living out our lives as his followers in our vocations. Consider the example of a business owner who cares nothing for his neighbor. His only concern is to make money. And yet, for all his sinful selfishness, God still uses this businessman to provide products or services to the community and provide employment so that his workers can take care of their families. And similarly, God brings children up even through imperfect parents, just as we all are. He brings his saving word and sacraments through imperfect pastors, like me, to bring about his saving word and gift. You see, God has a way of delivering his gifts in frail vessels, but that by no means diminishes how valuable they are. If we are the mask of God, even when we do not realize it, it is also true that God is masked in our neighbor, particularly when our neighbor is in need, when he or she is sick, hungry, thirsty, naked, a prisoner, a stranger, there Christ is hidden. For as he says, inasmuch as you have done it unto me, unto the least of these, you have done it unto me. And so in serving and loving our neighbors, we are serving 
Christ. Sometimes uh, hear that um, in Christian circles, you know, a pastor had a call or a person has a certain calling in life, but here's one more of the rich teachings that I would like us to celebrate today that we gained from the Reformation. And that is that every one of us is called, even non-Christians. It doesn't matter, for my friends, if we are made by God in the image of God, He is there with us and He is working. This indeed is a teaching that we should latch on to for the Reformers believe that Scripture taught that everyone is called, even people who don't believe, because they are made in the image of God. Their vocation is one of those things that we share with everyone around us. So what's this have to do with God's vision for you and God's vision for amazing grace? I was a little bit challenged, in a sense, by our reading today that talks about how when we love God with all of ourselves and we love our neighbors as ourselves, this is more important than all sacrifices. <coughs> when you love those who are around you, you are loving God, and you are offering to Him a pleasing sacrifice. You're living out that calling, that vocation, or those vocations that he has given to each and every one of us. It is in those relationships. Sometimes they're superficial, but the fact of the matter is, if you have that opportunity to have contact with them, to speak to them, to pray for them, to interact with them in any form, you have the opportunity to truly be the presence of God to them. To love your neighbor. Far too many Christian churches today live what I describe as a seven-day cycle. We worship on Sunday, and then for those who are in the church, we're always looking and just preparing for what's to come next Sunday. And then another seven-day cycle comes. But the fact is, our eyes and our sight should be looking far beyond just, you know, the week-to-week, -week, you know, responsibilities and activities that we claim as part of church life. Our eyes and our hearts should be looking ahead to God's plan and to where ultimately this is leading not only us, but to where we are leading others. To Him. To eternity. To life with Him in heaven. What will the future look like for Amazing Grace? What will our ministries look like what will be the result of those ministries upon the lives and the hearts of the people that are placed around us for us to serve and to reach and to love? The fact is, we don't need to sit down and figure out, well, who is it God is calling us to? Because the fact of the matter is, most of us are already in contact with those to whom He is sending us. 
It's that friend that we golf with who hasn't walked in a church in 40 years. It's that classmate who, you know, uh, knows the name God and has heard about Jesus but knows nothing about Jesus. It's a neighbor down the street who's struggling to figure out how to raise children in a world that seems to have gone mad. It's how do we reach these people is our task so that they can have the joy of their salvation, so that they can know the love of God that is unconditional and unceasing, so that they can have the certainty of forgiveness and life through Christ. We, my friends, are called to truly recognize we are the mask of God to those who are around us. We are called to recognize that in our various spheres of contact, our various roles, these are our vocations that we are given. And each and every one of us have multiple roles. My prayer is this. That you will allow yourself to be part of this visioning process. Don't just you know, relinquish that to the leaders. Because it's not meant to be their vision, it's meant to be our vision and God's vision in and through all of us. The forums that are coming up, the first one a week from Thursday on November 1st, dinner provided 5.30. The next one will be moved to uh, December 9th and then another one will be in January. Attend one. When there are opportunities to give other input, respond with the survey or otherwise. Second, be praying. Be praying that God will open your eyes and open our eyes and our hearts to recognize what it is that God is calling us to be, what He is calling us to do, how we can truly love Him with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength so that we can love our neighbors as ourselves and love them right into the arms of the Savior Himself, Jesus. I pray that you, my friends, will join us so that in whatever we do, we do it all for the glory of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen.